0: Hey, this is Verisimilitude,
1: and you're listening to
0: the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julie
2: Hi, hello, this is Jules the Human here and welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast. We're here, we're back and we're sorry we missed uh, our Thanksgiving last week, but I hope y'all had a, a good time with your family, eating or whatever. If you don't celebrate it, you're outside of the States or whatever reason you don't celebrate it. I hope the break, you had a great time with your family because that's the most important thing. Well, we had a good time. We had a lot of fun eating and all that stuff, having our, our time with our family, but we're back this week. My episode, Jules the Human. And then next week, my dad's going to do an episode, and after that, I do an episode, you know, the usual, how we do it. But that's how uh, we do it if you're a first-time listener. Today, I'm talking to Verisimilitude, the three amazing musicians that have been in Verisimilitude since the very beginnings. uh, We talk about how long they've been going for, how Verisimilitude has changed from the beginning to now. It's a super interesting prog sort of instrumental fantastic just experience i think is the way to to sort of describe verisimilitude but we're going to get into a little bit of their music later on we're going to play the interview and then we're going to play a full song at the end so stick around stay listening it's going to be a great one Before I go any further, I do have to thank our sponsor for the episode, Espressivo Coffee. They are a locally owned barista, musician-inspired cafe located in Southtown at 317 Pro Band inside a former residential space. They are passionate about coffee and people. They source 100% direct trade, single-origin coffee from Colombia via Caffeccionato, Coffee Co., and host monthly events showcasing local creatives and musicians alike. If you stop in and you mention the Texas Music Spot, Podcasts, you will receive twenty percent off your order. It's that easy. Go in, it's in Southtown 317 Pro Band Espercivo Coffee. They're really nice people. Go check them out. All you gotta do is say, Hey, I heard you on the podcast. I heard you on Texas Music Spotlight Podcast. Whatever. Mention me, Jules the Human. However, you want it, they'll give you 20% off your order. Super cool. Go check them out. They have like uh they have not only coffee, they have like teas and stuff, they have some some <laughs> amazing. Just, just great vibes there. Go check them out. They are open Monday through Friday. They have some times, uh, all the information and how to follow them on will be in the description of this podcast. So if you're look, listening to this podcast on iTunes, it's going to be in the description of the podcast. Go check them out. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook Espressivo coffee essay. And again, we thank you and we appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the podcast. So this episode was super fun because I just got done. We were touring with Verisimilitude, the South our Vulcan, South Texas mini tour or whatever you want to call it. We had just saw them outside. We we're just having a good time. We, we talk a little bit about that. Like I said, Verisimilitude has been going on for a very long time. We get their thoughts on the scene, how it's changed, a bunch of stuff. All their thoughts on Time Wheel, their record label that they're doing, all the amazing stuff that's going on here in San Antonio, Texas. It's gonna be great. It's a little bit of a long one, but I guarantee it's it's gonna be for anybody, musician, music lover. It's it's a this one's a fantastic podcast. I'm really excited that y'all get to hear this one. If you want to hear more podcasts, past and present, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes iTunes. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts, just type in Texas Music Spotlight and we should pop up. And I think I'm going to read an iTunes review right now because we have a few of them. And if you want to leave an iTunes review, it will really help us out. out really help us out a lot. I can't talk. This one's by your associate Cornelius, and he says he's not from Texas, but he did give us a five-star review. This show is great, even if you're not from Texas. It's great hearing the stories of bands and musicians that aren't in the national spotlight. It gives a different perspective than interviews with huge touring acts. So thank you so much. If you want to leave us an iTunes review, I might read it on the show, and that's a good way to get your name out there. Whatever. It's pretty cool, and it helps us out a lot. So, Let's get into it. Without further ado, Verisimilitude, I sat down with them. We're going to hear a little bit of their song, Bear Hugs, off of their latest album. Their music's available on Bandcamp. Just look up their name, Verisimilitude. They're going to be performing in a city near you. Hopefully, sometime soon here in Texas, we talk all about that. But let's get into it. Their song, Bear Hugs, and then the interview with Verisimilitude. and I sound the same?
0: So oh, it's gonna man. be hard.
3: Yeah, yeah it, it, there's a very say subtle. Say right
2: b- before you start talking. Like Zach talking here. Dakota. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I'm I'm Zach Applebaum. Um, I'm the guitarist of Various um, The younger brother of Dakota, and yeah, been doing it since we were little. The beginning. Yeah, since the very beginning. You want start.
0: to say a 90s date, like since since no, 93, but really it's, yeah, it's
3: like 2006, Which still, 2004. Still a substantial yeah. amount of time, but yeah. Go hey, for it.
1: It's Feliza. Uh, I'm the drummer <laughs> of verisimilitude
2: Awesome. So Sweet. you let you pretty much you just let these two guys talk and <laughs> the let them part, do whatever. I mean, I've just
1: learned because it's like hard to get a word in between the brothers, anyways. So I just sit back and relax. Pretty cool. much, we'll give them, you space. This podcast, she
3: she pushes it every no, once in a while. It really
1: doesn't. Yeah.
3: If provoked, or it, while we're like bending over to grab something, or if we happen to leave the room, she'll she she'll get in there.
1: That's yeah. Good. Occasionally, the interviewee will just stare right at me and ask a question, and
2: then I'm like, sure. oh shit. No. I have to answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> And then we already hear from everybody. So well, so Dakota, well, yeah, why don't you say what you yourself. what you play?
0: Ah, uh, I play the bass. I play the synth, I play the loop together, usually. And uh it's fun. It's really good. But, uh, most of the newer stuff has been more bass heavy, less on the synth, but I'm Dakota. Ooh, hey. hey. <laughs> Rant. Ranting Dakota. Yep. There's Trailing go. Dakota. Yeah,
2: just go. So, so yeah, like you're like uh Something pretty cool that I wanted to bring up is that we, we did a whole thing recently. We went to, uh, South Texas and we whole did all that. How was South Texas for y'all? I know we, we didn't really get to hang out a whole lot. We did a lot in, where was it? Corpus with that whole thing when we we're doing trying to go to two, two different shows venues and all that apart, stuff. It yeah. was pretty intense. But what, what, what'd y'all do in the? <laughs> In between times, I yeah. personally
1: love playing in the valley just because my whole family is from the valley. Very cool. So, unfortunately, um, I haven't really had a lot of family come out to the shows, mm-hmm. but um, it's nice to go back down there and you know just get to play music in a place that I haven't been to in so long. So. That,
2: that's where you grew up, like?
1: Uh, no, I was born and raised here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. but you know I always kind of dreaded the valley because it was so you know I was always going to Rio and it's not really. Uh, it hasn't really progressed too much. So, sure. so pretty uh, I haven't been there in a while. I've just been to McAllen and Harlingen, but, I mean, McAllen's always been the hot spot of the valley, mm-hmm. so it's always nice to go back.
2: I think I saw y'all playing, like, Bowling and stuff. That I love to bowl. I yeah. like
1: I drag them into it. It really
0: sucks because she's good and yeah, I'm so very good. competitive and I hate not being good at whatever yeah. I'm doing. She and I was everything. so bad. Yeah. Well, bowling's yeah. just one of those so games. many gutter balls that it was just like and I... they
1: like mistakenly placed us in between two children's yeah. parties. Oh, oh. So yeah, that's it So it's like both of them are just freaking out. Like yeah. Dakota's cussing and I'm just like, oh yeah, cool. Well,
0: you know, kids have to grow up. But one, Felisa won. Both games by a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I suck at bowling, but I li- I really it. like it. Three games, yeah. Like I yeah. suck. Well, it like, e- e- you
3: know. It, it brings down the ego because it's like you watch. <laughs> you don't have to compete in real time against each other, sure. you know. Um, and you're when you're competing you
2: le- against yourself, yeah. you know, well, right? oh, no,
3: you're still competing, and you're still competing against yeah, people. Yeah. But it's slow, is an, and, and you take turns. You get to watch each other do the thing instead of like basketball. It's head head to head. So like, no matter what, you're still like having fun, putting in the effort, and like the com- competition. In the moment, it's a lot different, a lot more rewarding than having to watch someone kick your ass, and then every time go up, they're watching you suck, uh-huh. like suck, <laughs> and then everybody gets to this look at the score go down, and
1: the ball's go in the gutter. Like as soon as the ball goes in the gutter, I turn away or like get on my phone. Yeah, and I'm like,
3: uh-huh. oh. yeah. See, we uh-huh. both Dakota time. and I get emotionally, yeah, uh, uh, emotionally. strained, <laughs> and it's just an effort to not. Scratch my face off. Yeah. yeah. Dakota was like literally yeah. purple and his <laughs> eyes were like, wow. But it's fun. It's, fun. it's so Bonding. fun. Bonding. It's Bonding it was, it was yeah, with fun. the band. Yeah. yeah how, so,
2: so how long have y'all known each other? Uh, uh, total, I guess. I mean, you're brothers. But well, like, what's... What, fourth, I met
1: Dakota in fourth grade. Which so, is
0: 03? O- o- okay. uh, no. O- 02, I think. No, o- two, I think. no o- 02, we were still in Colorado. I remember that. Yeah, was so second then o- 03. It okay. was o- 03 or 04. Mm-hmm. So let's say... Seven no, 14 years, 13 years.
3: We definitely weren't in Colorado. In o- we came after four years after my birth, so we were in Colorado for 2000, 2001. Nobody I remember nine eleven 11 happened when I was in, in Texas, for sure. It's the it, it, yeah. o- one Yeah, it's yeah. o- one so Okay, we, yeah, yeah. You're, right. you're right. It was right. before right. that. So we need to go to like O-2. It's been like 15, 16 years.
1: Yeah. Right? Jeez. Mm-hmm.
3: I was in second grade. So whatever, O-2, 15.
2: Wow, that's a long time. So going out and... You know, bonding still and doing activities together is still kind of a thing that we have all to. like we to. We have do. to
0: do it honestly. We've we've had to have to fit in time for our personal yeah lives it because it rarely
1: though happens right now just cause we're harder. all you know we all have our own thing like mm-hmm. as far as like you know having to make ends meet our own yeah. jobs yeah. and that's what I mean school. like we have to like plan it <laughs> yeah to make like sure well, back in uh, the day it's like we lived across the creek from each other and mm-hmm. like all of our spare time yeah like
3: other, the so. majority of the time we've been a band we've been a band under the reliance of our parents as children so it's always been we've had time like a lot of time I didn't even go to school after 10th grade so it was like so much free time um, at that point and then and then now this is like the first two, three years that we're all, every single one of us are independent adults Mm -hmm. on our own. So we're just figuring out that and going through, like, that transition into adulthood as a band that's actually been functioning, you know. Um, it's more of a kid band. It's wild, yeah. yeah it's a really, lot of free
0: time and mm-hmm. school schedule. It's been a wild
3: and... adjustment. But, yeah, I mean, it's been harder to hang out, but we still have to make it happen, and it, it gets done. And then band practices, of course, and shows sure. are, are nice, and we do them uh, pretty often.
2: Yeah. Was there so. ever a time when – because I know there was some, like, I don't know, there was a bigger – group of verisimilitude yes. earlier when it first started yeah. but was there a time when you thought it wasn't going to continue for whatever reason or you just <sighs> not really <sighs> intensely
3: not yeah. like like when we were younger we'd all get more emotional especially me i was the youngest um and so like when we were kids and in a band it was weird because your your older brother is like 16 17 you're either you're you know, 13 mm-hmm. and you know, like, you know, even though you're in a, a thing that's functioning, playing shows, and you have to work together, and you kind of have to see each other somewhat equally, that's not really there, just because of the the age difference and sure. being brothers, so there's some of that, and uh, just getting emotional as family, and, and young kids and stuff, and like, I'm gonna quit the band, you know, I'm super mad, and then literally,
0: like, an hour
3: or two later, like, fine, I gotta yeah. come back and play yeah. music, yeah, and, and <laughs> like, it's, well, it's up and down, but...
0: We had our older brother, AJ, in the band for a while, I mean... Not, not that we had him, but he was just a part of the band from the from the 06 start. And even before that, we were jamming with him um, for a couple of years, you know, and when he digressed mentally and then eventually left the band, like, in 2010, towards the end, we there was a little bit of that, like, what are we going to do? But we already had so much momentum mm-hmm. as far as, like, just finishing a studio ep for our very with first him one on with it. him on it yeah. and like a little music video with him in it mm-hmm. and so we had all that to go with and it was kind of like we can't just not do it so we started writing like hardcore but that was like a little bit of a turbulent time and definitely yeah. a little uncertainty at that point yeah and then after we got that hurdle of like okay we we just wrote five songs in a month as a three piece mm-hmm. like we could do it you know yeah had well, that confidence and then that we was... had a we had a new sound as well like we just kind of we did this weird, like, little evolution out sure. of like necessity, you know, and that's yeah. really what sparked. So, uh, so what was it
2: before, it. and then what is it so, sort of? Well, now? it, it yeah. actually
0: was starting to go down the instrumental route. I think with AJ, we already had that's a few instrumental is. songs that in that year, um, due to a lot of like just the influences we were listening to, Explosions in the Sky. Yeah, Elton and 11. I just
3: never really wanted to sing in the first place. So right. once once we started liking those bands and. Our uh, rhythm guitars quit, and we got a synth. I started the, being the full time synth player, and that's what that that's what that record was. It was AJ on guitar, I was full time synth, Dakota on bass, fleece on drums, and we recorded that. Booked a date to release it at like a show, and like to release it online and everything. And then AJ had to drop out. I had to drop out of the band, and so we had a month and like a month and a couple days from when he quit it quit to. Figure out me on guitar mm-hmm. and all the nuances of that uh, as a 15-year-old. And then, sure. yeah, re- rewrite all this. Like, really rewrote, like, four or five and then rewrote, like, one or two uh, and then played the show. And we did it in a month. And that was insane. Like, that was the most creative energy as a team that we have put out in one short segment of time ever. And I think it's just because of the necessity and then we had the time to do it. And it was wild. But, um yeah, ever since then, it's been just three and...
0: I just kept going and evolving.
3: Yeah.
2: Instrumental, Mm -hmm. just doing some crazy shit. Yeah. That's super awesome. That
0: (laughs) album too, is called uh, melody from the, Melodies from the back house so yeah it's on uh spotify as yeah well. so
3: if you want to hear songs that we can't Bandcamp play anymore and, and that Bandcamp, kind of so yeah that's cool though because that one there is a song called nova scotia which is the foundation and a lot of the riffs that make up nova now which is like our kind of finale song with All it's right. the one we do the drum thing at the mm-hmm. end it's like what we're known for almost now um so if you go to th- that album on spotify and you listen to nova scotia that's the version with AJ on it and it's a little different. It's it's interesting, though. it's crazy. And I was like just about to turn 14 or 15. I was 14 in that record, so. Yeah,
2: so so you're talking about doing this kind of stuff when you were super young. Was, was there anything that uh you know, you were Y'all are playing shows and, and mm-hmm. things like that going to, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm going to assume bars. Yeah, since I was like, like 10. That. So, so what kind of advice, I guess, would you give uh, a younger group or a younger band or younger people that want to play music and, and, or what kind of missteps did you make? Or if you made any missteps, uh-huh. like going through the whole, like maybe asking for payment up front or, or things oh, like yeah. that, you know, stuff like that. What kind of things did you, well uh, yeah. pit, We had pit to deal pitfalls. with a lot
1: of bookers that kind of, you know, jerked us around. Well, we lot. just
3: did that for, we just played for free a naive, for a yeah. long time for the first, you know, had at least been the two or three years, but we just would play for free for fun for friends and stuff mm-hmm. consistently. And then slowly realize, like, oh, maybe
1: we're kind of getting taken advantage of. Maybe so- yeah,
3: and, and maybe we're at the point where we're not just a little kid band, and not sure. just maybe we can we've been doing it for a while. Even mm-hmm. though we're young, we got to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got really the advice you to give to the people who are young, like kids who are young that really want to get started mm-hmm. is. Uh, you got to either be really smart and independent and have like a good grasp on the world or you have to have parents or older people around you that you trust to navigate you a little bit. Because when you're young and you're actually trying to navigate in just like a random city scene and just do it, uh yeah, I mean, you're, people are going to take what they can from you. And uh even with good parents, I mean, we would do that, sure. you know. So it just takes, you know. It's, you want you don't want to go in naive, full-flown, but you do want to go in. Do it. Don't get scared. Go put yourself out there as much as possible. Play the shows. Uh, make video content. Work hard. Uh, I think...
2: Uh, just, just uh, tell yeah. your
3: parents to screw off if they don't like it, <laughs> for sure.
2: You don't get it, mom. No, seriously. It's rock and roll. Tell
3: them to screw off.
0: I have to agree with everything you said, and I would just like to add that. I think for anyone... Young or old, whatever, if you're just starting and it really anything you do, but especially music and any creative endeavor, I feel like you always have to be in it for the long haul. Sure. Because if you actually want to make it successful, the almost pipe dream, if you will, of like making it happen in a year, two years, three years, mm-hmm. it's like chances are very slim unless Right. Like what's saying, you have this bubble around you of like mm-hmm. really great either networks or connections or just parents that are like supportive or people. really yeah. good friends. And even if you have that, it doesn't mean you're going to advance to the next step True. for a lot of different reasons. I think the other big thing is like it's about that network. And so that long haul is really just a getting to know people. And so as Building a young band, you know, I think something, you know, we did well. Um, but we're still working on doing and it's an ever going thing and i think the younger you are when it clicks and you start doing it uh the better off you are and that is just making those real relationships with venue owners and promoters Mm -hmm. and anybody other you know other musicians in the scene but really like the movers and shakers yeah don't get too caught up in your own ego with like you're uh, not the music you know like you understand that
3: biz if you're gonna do it and you're gonna want to do it let the like embrace uh all the business aspects of it, you know, and just understand them, understand them at least, and understand those things and think about it in that way, unless it's just going to be a hobby, because there's no way you're going to get any, you're not just going to get picked up anymore and get a record deal and have people show you how to do things. You got to do it yourself and learn how to do it. And, uh, well, most
0: of that too, I mean, the spark of it. Yeah. You want to be as much on the business side as possible, but even if you're not thinking complete, you know, uh, numbers and, and ticket sales and dollar signs or whatever, your head really should just be at like the relationships you make because those are the things that are going to get you the opportunities where there are numbers to count, you know? sure. So it's like if, if you're not meeting people and shaking their hand at every show Mm -hmm. and you just go in and play and walk out. Unless you already have your team built up around you, then you're not going to find your team because that's the whole thing. Is like then you meet the person that's going to you know help you out, and that's what it is. Like you want to help people, and that you know you need help, and that's that's essentially it's a lot of like freebies. It's a lot of hustle and uh, a lot of favors, but yeah, because a lot of
2: people you know this this sort of. Uh, I guess internet generation, and and we've kind of seen this go on. Is just people want it instantly. Like, why am I not viral right oh, now? God, right. Yeah. Like, why am I not? <laughs> I'm the so biggest, talented. Yeah. I'm so
3: talented. I, I posted right. it. The post only got one like. I yeah. Won like. yeah. yeah. I do? Yeah.
2: yeah. Sure. Like, I'm a, I'm a huge like advocate for like patience, and it's right. just like well, super. Just yeah. just waiting for that for that moment. Like, it's not. I know it's probably not going to come tomorrow. It's probably yeah. not going to come next month. But I know if I keep doing good and if i keep putting out good stuff like it's gonna happen yeah and it's no
3: one else's fault that you're not doing it that's a lot of what will happen to people sometimes is like especially if they are a a shred of talented um and they notice that uh, they if if you don't have a perspective on that like and you just want everything now you know and you're showing up to shows late and you're you're not pushing things as much as you can you're trying to get your friends in free and you're just kind of pushing things on the promoter constantly like where's my where are the people at it's like everything's your fault like nothing else is someone else's fault for of your success like Mm -hmm. you gotta make shit happen (laughs) don't expect other people to even if there's their that's their job title check other people take everything into your hands that you can and uh it's no one's fault that you're not being successful if you're not successful you're doing something wrong or your music is not what people want to listen to, and sure. you don't have a good uh, market to, to put your music to. And it's all... It's just no one else... People aren't dumb. People people are people. and People know what they like. Yeah. And people and,
2: listen to, to, to some good music, whatever yeah. it is. There's uh, so many people and that, with that everybody with that being said, else. like,
0: there are shortcuts. Like, I mean, there's no oh, yeah. getting around, uh, you know, like, you can go viral. And that's, like... <laughs> You want to be able. You want to strive for that. But, but then, the idea is like it's not going to be given to you, and you have to be smart. Like Zach said, I mean, if you're not actually diving into what the music business is, then you're not going to be a successful musician. You can be a great artist and stay in San Antonio your whole life and make fifty bucks, you know, at a show or a hundred bucks at a show, but you're not going to make a paycheck until you know you, you just yeah you, you learn gotta, yes yeah <laughs> you gotta learn. You gotta learn. So so I want
2: to switch gears a little bit. What, uh, you know, your live show now seeing you, you know, go off on your instruments all prospectively, you you just kind of embody this, this sort of just vibe, you know what y'all are doing, y'all are communicating on stage and all that stuff. How did you sort of get to there? Uh, I guess individually or as a band or how did you decide, like, I need to be you know, put on a show or is this like an extension of, of yourself? Like I, I'm letting this out because it's in me. Like where, where are y'all at on, on pretty much those sort of things as far as like your stage presence and your stage show right now? Cause it's pretty intense. It's pretty awesome. If
0: I, I mean real quick, I think everything for me personally, uh, I mean, everything comes from all the influences. So the, the, the hours of YouTube videos of other artists and listening um, nothing comes out of, I think any of our heads, uh, you know, uh, or super organically. I mean, we'd like to think it, but it's just like, all of that is hours of listening to the artists that we love. Mm -hmm. And so, but with that being said, we grew up together and we have this beautiful chemistry of like, you know, when we, when we, when we do click, it's, it's nice and we can groove and like, we, we kind of know each other's nuances. So the writing comes from, you know, just influences and our ability well, that, to, like, connect as The people.
3: writing, so, for sure, but, like, the stage performance in particular, like, actually being on true. stage and just the presentation um, for, I think, it's so much. Like, all the way from the beginning, our mom, when she started organizing our band practices and, you know, kind of structuring the band a little bit and really giving us resources um, she always stressed that like show presence and show stuff. And she kind of introduced us to that idea and, and put emphasis on it. And then from there we received that. And then of course, like we're playing shows so we could have the real life experience and the experiment of it and like what works and not what people respond to. Uh, And early on, it was just like little kids with instruments doing anything somewhat competent and with energy worked. So from there we just knew energy really worked and putting ourselves out there worked. And then, just literally growing up and having time to hang out for weeks and weeks and sleepovers and jams and just keep going for all the way up into our adulthood you have like an a connection like almost telepathic compared to like some people it seems like you know like it especially when the, it, musically at that point when you've had so many years of growing and developing our brains together through a, the same medium mm-hmm. you know it's a Definitely like when we're jamming, there's sometimes where Felice and Dakota they are doing something completely improvisational, and new, not looking at each other. And it's just like start stops back and forth, always on point. It's weird. We very, we very much connect. And that's just from the time. Um, and then yeah, just our, just having people who really pointed us in the right direction, like our mom and our dad, and then just taking that and running has always helped. And then when we're live, um, the energy from our songs and the crowd especially it just <laughs> boils up and then yeah i feel what like the happens, music happens. that we
1: play is like really expressive and the guys yeah. like really embody that when mm-hmm. they're on stage for me the most like i mean i'm just i'm back there sitting at a drum set i can't jump around and stuff but <laughs> whenever i'm playing the drums i kind of just um, go to a place like just i'm like relaxed like mm-hmm. really i don't think of very much and i kind of just move with the music it's uh i don't know it's weird because a lot of people say that i just look like so relaxed Mm-hmm I don't know how to explain it. Like you do,
3: do you just have a blank face and you? Yeah, just calm. pretty much. You look calm. Yeah, you look just, calm. That's the oh, thing. That, like that's You're where doing you're something to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's unbelievable because it's she. She's pulling off things that are really wild and sure. with force, with force, yeah. but calmly and peacefully. It's so like it's the eerie. medium
1: in the back that's like yeah. super calm while these two crazy mm-hmm. energies are hopping around. Mm-hmm. So.
3: Yeah, she's the ground. She's the grounds everything. Definitely. It's amazing
2: and yeah. super in time. I <laughs> do love that about your drumming. Is just fantastic timing. Um, so so yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of uh something I wanted to touch on you with you because like you know you let these two kind of do their thing and then you're back there just kind of keeping the 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 time but then you you're you know, you're still expressing yourself in the drum and in and, and, and the instruments. It's, it's fantastic what, what y'all are doing on stage and not a lot of people have that or have that ability to to it's work not together.
1: Always. I mean I think we maybe make it look easy. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it's it's been a learning experience oh, yeah. for me to you know, the guys come up with these crazy time signatures. I'm, you know, having to learn them. And mm-hmm. then as well as having to really listen out for Dakota's loop and yeah. try to stick to a loop without a monitor.
2: Sure.
1: You know, I don't no use earplugs, nothing like that. No so pretty track. much it's just I'm going to go yeah. with that yeah. loop and then just kind of set the tempo with that. You know, there's been times where I've totally screwed that sure. up. Yeah. No, mainly, but that yeah, yeah, exercise.
3: the loop is messed up. Yeah, yeah but the exercise yeah. of that, I think, is also part of what keeps us so in sync and just... Kind of cohesive on stage and seeming rely on each other. Well, yeah, and like if there's a loop that isn't perfectly like it's a so two or three bar loop or whatever and the middle of the second bar is just kind of starts to rush or slow mm-hmm. down for some reason that's looped and the code has to go yeah, and we're live yeah. and so we, we have, have to just follow that and then exactly. stop and then and that has there's some songs or there's multiple loops that have that kind of fluidity in it so the amount that we have to that we have subconsciously like we don't even really have to focus that hard anymore but mm-hmm. we are just like Trained to kind of sure. feel those ebbs and flows and it takes a while i mean playing if anybody if anybody who has messed with the loop pedal especially with another person like mm-hmm. with another drummer and they're looping it gets messy all the time especially until they're odd
1: time the and yeah, yeah especially yeah. with that if we're doing, and then the, we're doing the loop like four yeah. four like okay it's yeah i can simpler. get behind this but if we're doing something nuts like we usually yeah. do it's so, yeah
2: so so yeah. i want to get in that into that as well why Are y'all playing the music that you're playing? Like, uh, you said before that that was something that interests you whenever you're doing that transition. You like those sort of instrumental bands and stuff, but why are you doing the time signatures? Why are you putting synth and different Mm -hmm. sounds, loops and all that stuff? Why are you trying to keep pushing yourselves? Is it something? It's all just a
3: gimmick, bro. We just want to be like the (laughs) next, like, Chon. Like, yeah, Chon, or like, (laughs) we want to be like Fish times Chon. Sure, yeah. yeah. Pull the generations together. Chon, Fish. No. Uh, no 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 um
0: shish. uh so shish. i think for 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 us it's just like i don't know i, I don't, it just it, happened i don't know it's just like uh so the influence well, we know. would the influences
3: be, yeah. we we our dad listened to great music and then we just expanded from there and our our friends showed us cool music and we just happened to really fall into i think it's also we all have been in like band or orchestra dakota and i were in orchestra for a long time mm-hmm. um we both really moved up in it uh and that that influence of just liking music, like that instrumental music, because all classical music they were playing was sure. so just getting into like the rhythms and the time the signatures and just the wildness of it all. That really helped install that like love for just the musicality of everything. That's what it was. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it was
0: definitely. I think orchestra trained me to uh, not take. I I just didn't feel like anything I did that was. You know, four notes together in a four-four bar was was good enough because mm-hmm. it was just like I can anybody can do. That. Like I could mm-hmm. literally teach my seven-year-old brother to pick up the bass and play yeah. the, and like do it on time. Like and so, wrong with for, that, but for just us, that, we it, had that train that challenge essentially. Like every morning, yeah. getting to orchestra and like for okay, it. you know, learn these next eight bars, and that's what you have to learn. And then eventually, we're playing you know symphonies it's from like crazy like, Bach stuff. and shit. Yeah. And then it's like once you get to that level of like. Yeah, you're, you're playing seven, eight and weird time signatures yeah. in the orchestral setting on stage in a uniform. You have this kind of professional. What did you play in orchestra? Violin uh, yeah. for seven. I played cello yeah. for like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, six, seven
3: years. Yeah. And then sheet. Uh, yeah, it's yeah.
1: super random, but I played the flute for like nice. three years. years. <laughs> and you were in drum I for got, a little bit, right? Yeah, in high school, I was actually in the pit. Um, you know, playing marimbas yeah. and stuff like that, but I kind of like in middle school, I was really wanting to be in percussion of course, and they everyone wanted to be in percussion so sure. of course they're like, oh well, we already have enough percussionists, so uh if you want to be in the band, you're gonna play the flute I was <laughs> <So> like <laughs> all right man then all all right, I'll buy do bullet, let's do it yeah
2: yeah that, that's that's definitely something I really like uh when I especially when I first started playing with Vulcan and all that stuff like it was uh it was the music. Something that was totally different from... Because I have an orchestral orchestral background as well. I went oh, to UNT, trombone. Yeah, okay, uh, I went cool. to UNT for uh, trombone performance and all that stuff. So nice. uh, that's definitely what I did for a really long time. And the way that Jaime were write for Volkan, it was just like... It was super... The notes on the page, which was super interesting because I've never played these rhythms before. But he would have... Uh, a stylized way of doing it that right. transcended the page. And right. I didn't nice. know what was you going on. You know, like yeah. like he was like, that's how that rhythm goes, but this is how you're supposed this to play it flows, it. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, this uh, is really yeah. interesting. So yeah. he's so yeah, amazing. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Fantastic writer for for all of us. And our he's music. the drummer, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, like
3: the coolest musician but, ever. But here. but like
2: <laughs> like like what we're saying, like y'all are y'all are definitely good enough musicians to where y'all can play like in a cover band and just play oh, yeah. like covers whatever so so this is like what y'all took from you know your your time in orchestra and and you're just like i just want more like i want yes. more than mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. and well, for whatever and then are yeah. just uh, also
3: what plays into that is brotherly competition because sure. uh, yeah. like Oh, the coder made a rift that's really cool. I gotta make a riff that's cooler. We're both in orchestra, so those are in the that's in the back of our head while we're doing all that. And then bonding through just jamming and, and pushing each other and stuff like that, uh definitely was a part of that for sure. Like mm-hmm. I don't think If we weren't brothers and a family, and we'd come from independent things, it would been a lot different. I mean,
0: I think that has to do with it for sure, and just it is pushing the envelope a little bit. Like it's hard to settle, like I was saying earlier, with like something super simple. But it's I actually like incorporating that into the challenge as well. And so some of the more recent songs, I I feel like I, I try to go for. At least this is the very last one. I was going for a simple something that we could just thump that E for a little while on and just groove, like because mm. that's what every bassist wants to do is just literally play walk the E, walk the E. <laughs> and like I, I just wanted to you know com- take the complexities that we normally have, tone it down, and put the emphasis on some of like the the heavier the rhythm stuff. Yeah. Mm. But it's weird, yeah. The competition goes with it, and then we do like to push the envelope to where we create a riff that's like we can play it 75% when we first come up with it. Our, and it's like, I'm hey. Not even. Like, we
3: yeah. can, We have it, all, like, a lot of the riffs I write, recently especially, I, I mean, I, actually, really, anytime I've contributed something that I'm really trying to push uh, something into away from the band, like, it's not something I came up with on the spot, I am usually writing something that I can only really, like, Imagine, or I can, like, play some of it. Like, I did on the guitar for a while, and then I get this basic kind of of note arrangement. And then I keep adding and pushing it rhythmically and, like, changing it until it gets to something that I can't do even, like, 50%. I can do it barely and super slowly. And it's mostly just concepts that I haven't even tried to do and things. And then, yeah, that's how we... Because we don't really even we're not disciplined outside of orchestra the discipline did not carry very much (laughs) um even when we had a lot of time we didn't practice a lot on our own too much and so the majority of how we increase our skills is by creating things that are harder and that's what felice was talking about we try to give things to her that time signatures and that all kind of just goes into how we increase our skill level and and grow as musicians but we are not putting time that much into the week even before like it's a little bit and now it's even less because of the work and all that Mm -hmm. but we still keep it up, and we're still doing yeah, it, yeah, and sure. still going um, out and, and exactly
2: playing around Texas. Where's the farthest y'all have been with it As far as like from San Antonio and in Dallas, Dallas. Dallas? Yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah. Not yeah. That, that far. That was an
1: awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, we haven't left Texas.
3: We're about sure. to. We're about
1: I mean, to. We're planning on it. In March. Yeah, we're planning Very on a uh, cool. tour outside of Texas. But Dallas was the furthest we've been, and mm-hmm. it was a but super y'all do awesome show.
2: A lot of. T- more touring than than most recently we're, trying yeah. To, yeah. we're
3: doing sure. a lot more weekend warriors um you know to houston and sure. to the valley and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah, we, we have to get ready to
1: get, get ourselves out there
2: yeah is there like a a moment over this you know all the time that y'all played together where it was just Something that, that stuck in your mind that was just like intense like at a specific show or at a specific place when y'all just played and it was amazing. Either y'all were amazing or the crowd or a mix of the both or like something Well the first crazy time happened.
0: in McAllen, yeah. The first time in McAllen was mm-hmm. really crazy. I was like known. we we played for over a hundred people, opened up for hikes and just nice. really fun. We did not expect that scene. Mm-mm. The one
1: that sets out for me the most is Aim Fest. Yeah, I was gonna year. say that. Nice.
3: Yep, I was gonna say that. Oh, okay, that was cool, like cool, a yeah.
1: really nice well, huge. i mean the energy coming from the crowd like yeah. it was just it was, it was in like, austin, austin but we've yeah. had to
3: have like 15 or more like probably 20 30 people from uh from san antonio that came up nice and just close homies and they're so excited and then the rest of the crowd that came just kind of funneled in and i think we filled did up that room. yeah we and i think the set times we did we like closed out the the b stage there and so there was no one else for a little while to go see and it just filled up and then the energy just got like Sure. Nuts! Like it was just like really nice. Um, we were on a stage, so we're a little separated. We've had certain shows at parties or at the at Ventura, oh, yeah. where it gets like, oh, like yeah. super our packed, th- super nuts, and then it's in their face. Like you're was, yeah. Uh...
1: Our ten year anniversary was also one worth mentioning. Yeah. last year at Ventura was an amazing show as well. It was
3: crazy. <laughs> the support
1: that we have in San Antonio is just amazing. So
3: yeah, yeah. No, we, well, we that really that was a like, great month because we city. did
0: our ten year anniversary and we jumped right into Luminaria, which was our first nice. time there. We did a big art installation mm-hmm. with projectors and a bunch of, you know, curtains hung up with duct tape that yeah. were, you know, we got there DIY at like seven but and it, we were dude, supposed to looked, play at eight and we walked good. in and half of our curtains were down and the people at the event center were like, dude, what the hell happened? Yeah. Set what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Like, can we have to cancel over there? I was like, no, no, we got this. We got so it. we grabbed ladders and taped it, retaped it, yeah. double taped yeah. it. Yeah. But it was
3: cool. <laughs> it <laughs> was a really good one. we pulled it off. Both those shows were awesome. By the hair of our chinny chin chin. It like came together and it was like okay
2: you guys got it yeah for sure. so so y'all uh do like the the protect projection like you were saying with the like the liquid know, liquid light yes. show and all that stuff so what what are y'all's you know opinions on all the uh, i think it's amazing stuff that's happening with you know art plus music plus whatever creative all these creative things that are happening that are just meshing together what are y'all's thoughts on that That's happening here in san antonio it's
0: good yeah it's good (laughs) well i was gonna say uh that uh not sound on sound day for night event it wasn't in san antonio but um it. it was a concept where they push the envelope on incorporating light with music and in an actual immersive and in, uh, interactive experience for a festival. And that was, like, in a warehouse, I believe, in uh, either Houston or uh, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, anyway, I mean, all of, like, the idea for our concept in general was really cool. And I feel like, I don't know, I, I hear a lot of talk <laughs> about the scene kind of coming up and everything. And I definitely have noticed that trend, although I'm not too, like, Hot on talking about it because I do just feel like sure. it's a it's a wave and we all have waves and Austin's had a wave and it just seems like the talk right now is like and I'm pr- oh,
2: I'm pretty Santana. sure you all have been here long enough to where you've seen waves yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. seen ago. different communities so, and stuff yeah growth.
0: we we yeah. caught the tail there, end there is of a lot of a wave, growth for you sure know, when we but. first started um with the punk scene and and some of the venues that were around back you know in 2010. Um, but anyway I was just gonna say like Brick is a huge resource I feel like yeah. for a lot of those art shows you're talking oh, yeah. about I mean we opened up for uh, a local band uh, and they well, uh, what are they called Voodoo Boogaloo sorry oh, they're so pace. great we love and, Voodoo man they literally had a bouncy house a massage therapist oh, yeah. like yeah, it was it's... insane food nice. right when Multiple you in projectors with people yeah. and yeah. then we've hosted uh, two liquid sunshine experience concerts there which, which is the same concept we did for Luminaria mm-hmm. where like interactive, it's interactive the, the audience actually does the light shows and we pass out gloves and instructions and it's one of the only places that i felt like could facilitate that with the layout and everything's white and movable curtains and great staff
3: but yeah overall just that when people do that um for themselves as artists like if you're a musician and you can push the envelope and and create something uh through a different medium and incorporate it into your music this is like this is good this is good to do Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you're collabing with other people because then you're getting that networking and then it's just all cool it's usually just more beautiful like the coolest show I ever produced was with uh, Darius, Darian Thomas sure. um, and it was a small little show but it was so cool oh, yeah, it was at vape that vape here mm-hmm. and they cleared out the, all the tables in there it's when they still really kept the tables in there as yeah, more of a vape yeah, shop but they cleared it all out and we got there like four uh, four hours early and put up a bunch of mirrors all along, like the back of the stage, he oh, had I these think cool t- pictures of that. Yeah, yeah that and sense. then did the interactive light show. Yeah, um, and then had project two digital projectors, and then so the interactive light show was going onto the mirrors and the performers, so that was refracting all over the room, and then we had other two other digital uh, projectors, so it was close to three hundred and sixty visuals in there, and uh, all electronic artists. We had Wayne Holtz too, though. Yeah, very. Um, cool. And it was just like a party, super cool, and it's Darian and I's kind of concept, and we just organized and included the dakota's uh liquid light show thing and it was just one of the most special things like uh that i've I've been a part of personally to produce and it was exactly that just bringing in a bunch of different people with visual art and uh tactile art and doing it so that's always
0: great imagine books as well a oh, great yeah. spot that was for musicians to to mm-hmm. perform at i mean Yeah. And we've teamed up with Ezra. He's, you know, helping manage our, our band and he's awesome. He books there, you know, everyone knows Ezra. And so, um, but really that place is super special uh, they provide the only family real family friendly place where you can literally bring your grandma or your five-year-old brother mm-hmm. they can look at books and enjoy you know records base. and then music yeah. and then yeah. Yeah. there's like
2: a band playing uh, yeah. yeah and well. then we uh,
0: grasshopper lives have these smashing you in, in the nice. face yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to look at records yeah well, and like, they, oh, host, <laughs> they host imagine fest so they've had a couple yeah, of years uh, in yeah, a row now, now awesome. like no, seven I mean, days a week shows straight they could
3: always deserve more more props and attention for sure like
0: well yeah just talking about the new and up-and-coming art stuff going they've been on, such a part
3: of that yeah. pushing the envelope with it and just helping build it i think that and uh there's a lot it feels like yeah there were like two or three uh entities that all kind of at once started kind of pushing it a little further um so
0: Upgrade to Paper Tiger from White Rabbits been pretty awesome. I mean, two headliners a night sometimes.
2: You know, it's it's intense, and they're pretty funny on social media. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's super cool that a lot of people are are doing this thing and and. Meshing all these different, you know, before it would be just like you would go to like a, a some dance thing or, or some art thing, and then uh it would be another event. There'd be another event here and all this stuff. But now we're trying to get it sort of all in one. And do you think people are like uh, really latching on to that? Or, or, or? Uh,
0: I've noticed a little bit of a trend. I I, I don't know. I, it's a weird one because that as a locally produced show is the best way to have a good a big group of people coming cuz you're pulling from the art community the people who set up as art vendors you're maybe getting someone who does food and their you know mm. their community food as well as big right. thing that we haven't right yeah. yeah and then teaming up with the venue and having them push it which normally that's kind of where it ends it's like hey can our band get a show here and we'll bring three other bands in yeah. and work out a door deal or but, something but now it's like i mean for me cuz uh the Big part of how we got into like booking Aimfest and kind of doing these bigger events is that we started off realizing that the middleman in local shows is kind of scooping in a lot of the the revenue because there's not a lot to play with when you're talking about sixty people, you know, at a venue. Because yeah. you know you have all these expenses of promotion and then venue costs that just eventually, essentially, just even everything out to where you might walk home with a little bit, but you will probably spend some, and so. The promoter at the end of the day on these local shows it's like they're put in the position to where it's like well my resources as a, as a local promoter mixed with the bands isn't quite getting me you know enough to really sure. split and have that promoted position so we started booking our own shows and mm-hmm. realizing that and seeing like okay let's we started off theming the shows like we we'd do like masquerade or like black light something animal themed yeah. and it helped you know give that unique vibe but really like incorporating the artist and just compiling on all the moving parts i think is is a more guaranteed way for more people Mm -hmm. more talk to you know just just more promotion so and that whole idea is like what led to like aim fest and you know the idea of like all right let's go big on this because it's like take it into your own hands yeah Yeah. Yeah. don't don't wait until the
3: open the headliner asks you to open up for them just hire the headliner to do <laughs> yeah, the show. For sure. Um but I
2: feel like some some bands or a lot more bands are doing it that way now Yeah. And we're kind of getting rid of that yeah, club you can't promoter wait. thing because it's like you've been screwing us as musicians. You've well, been what screwing it, us over yeah, for Yeah and while. it's it's some of yes. it's not like a lot no, like there are people though. who screw sure. it.
3: But yeah. it's just the nature of the economy in San Antonio for the music scene. Because yeah. a lot of the problem and bickering that happens is like we're not doing cool enough shows. We're not putting enough energy as artists into it. And there's clicks and there's people that are going against each other. It's like, okay, that's all going to happen. We're humans. That doesn't happen. That happens literally everywhere. There's not a city that's like, doesn't happen. Consider like a lot, you know, this, mm-hmm. it varies, but you know, it's like, that's not worth complaining about or focusing on it to try to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Play, doing and booking bigger shows and like having put, putting more time in the concepts and really like k twenty three and imagine Books and Records and Dakota with Rise and more promotions with the Liquid Sunshine stuff and aimfest that helps, but in San Antonio particularly, something that doesn 't get talked about is like the, the, there 's a plateau on the customer base like the mark the amount of people who are going down to just regular local shows that aren't at the McNay or aren't like this big grandos Mm -hmm. thing that's been worked on for months and months. It's just a local show. There's only a small amount of people demographic in San Antonio that do that, that Mm -hmm. like to do that, like to go to bars and watch bands locally. And the biggest thing we can do to help that is other people who do it who aren't in bands and people who are in bands just inviting more people, inviting someone... Just being more sociable and inviting people who don 't want to go out to those things and bring them out to it incentivizing that and of course, having cooler shows incentivizes that, but austin doesn 't have a problem filling up uh normal shows and normal yeah. little things at all that's a, just there's more people there that want to go to shows there 's mm-hmm. less people here who want to go to shows there 's a cultural difference, and that's just going to always be a part of that you mm-hmm. know and and blaming yeah. on everything else except that yeah. is just going to leave you frustrated and mad and in the wrong place it's Rather like that's just the that's the thing you gotta accept it it's not gonna just through. change anytime super sure. fast if we're gonna work on it though invite more people out talked about more yeah. people to come down Rather and build. than
2: complaining just like yeah. oh, well making um, problems out of on nothing with yeah, people and it's like well why don't you work with it instead yeah. of working again right. yeah and the reason why
3: there's not so much money and people fuck each other over is because there is scarcity because of the market, because there's not a lot of people coming to shows here, mm-hmm. so there's not a lot to deal with. So what you do deal with, people are hungry for. Sure. So you get people fucking each other over a little. But a lot of it is just not a lot of money. <laughs> there's not a lot of money there. But I know? do
0: think you're right. Like the the Chris Blakey days of like twenty bands, and uh, that's a little over. Sets. It's it's not happening as frequently. I don't no. see that on a regular basis. You know,
2: it's still sort of in the the pop punk and and metal scene, sort of. But I can feel that kind of. And not to say that, yeah,
0: yeah, why self creations growing a lot? Not and you know he's, you know if I you know I wasn't trying to put anybody down (sighs) you know but I mean there was just he was a big name right when we were starting (laughs) for booking and you know I think there was a lot of you know shit talked about him but at the end of the day like. He did a service for a lot of people, a lot of bands that got to headline some of those lineups and some of the headliners they opened up for. And even for us, like, what a great experience to be able to just, yeah. you know, we did have our day, day with him. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, yeah, you're talking about, you know, they change your sets time when you get there. They change, your, change your stage shit. You yeah. know, what's, they wasn't, don't let you play if you don't ideal. put your profile picture right. as a flyer and they don't right. tell you until you show up to the venue. I mean, yeah, it like, that's not ideal and it's not the way things really. At the end of the day, or most efficient, you know, being, and like you said, it really worked out for the promoter and, and, and less for the bands, but. It was just, it was almost like a, a happenstance of the time and what was happening at the venues. And yeah, I do feel like, uh, at least since we started, and we're talking from 07, 08 or so, really playing shows, uh, we've noticed a little change of wind. I have for sure in, in yeah. a really positive light. More venues, more, more people just more doing DIY. Things, I you know. mean, Junkie
3: is a huge band that, yeah. that just, I mean, they did it and everybody knows they did it, but that, that influenced a lot. And of they're people. touring, like, man.
0: They're in Cali all the time. All that social
3: sure. media of their parties and their shows mm-hmm. that, that helps other people take a hold of that in all different scenes, you know, and like, I mean, we've all a lot of bands have done those things. Like, Booty Feet's also really big Tons into Angeles. that. But those are great examples of like, just work hard and do it yourself and don't wait for people to love you. Like, build your shit. Sure. It's right. all your fault. And these aren't
2: even at bars or That's at places. They're exactly. like warehouses, no. houses. Exactly.
3: And what they and did is rooms. they made a scene, like, the San Antonio scene doesn't have a lot of market, right? So they went to their high school and became a cool band and they brought a lot of people into the party, they made the parties and they said hey come we're a band and they made their market they made they they tapped into their own thing yeah. they didn't wait they didn't complain for the music scene They didn't say we're not getting paid enough they built it they found a way and i think that's the main thing to look at especially if you're a young person in san antonio mm-hmm. who's just beginning having no idea look at those bands and what they're doing and talk to them and meet those people and have conversations with them because those are the people doing it right not the people complaining about clicks and not the people sure. c- just shitting on people in a public outcry way. I mean, it's about those things, petty things like that, you know. Sure. Don't spend time doing that. Move on. Just yeah. like make it happen.
2: But so, uh so I want to talk uh I don't want to take too much more of y'all's time. Let's time. talk about your uh your label, what's what is Time Wheel? What is that? And, and what, we love Time Wheel. Yeah. Oh, uh, for for people that don't know what what it is or, or whatever, what are they doing? And and what are their bands? And what have it's they done with y'all?
3: Best described as uh, the whole entity of Time Wheel it is a multimedia publishing company right now. Uh, they have a blog, a website, a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that, and they push culture, music, and art um, from all different people. And part of that is a record. Uh, part of what they do is a, a record label here in San Antonio. And they're just utilizing their uh, vast network online, mostly right now, and pu- and pushing and helping the
0: the people on their label, which we're part of. So they're, they're pushed, amazing. Yeah, Matt the label Humble, aspect the, is, the, is the biggest. I think that drives most of what we're trying to do at Time Will. What what our goals are is is as far as like uh, at the end of the day. It's run by musicians, it's started sure. by musicians. Yeah. And so the, the goal is that all the musicians on the label become successful in, in that we are touring and that we keep moving up the ladder. And so, mm-hmm. uh, like Zach said, they have a huge resource online through their social media network and their website and their publishing, uh, their publishers and writers that they yeah. can provide uh, an avenue and kind of an outlet a distribution uh outlet uh and promotion outlet for uh, all the artists under the label and i think it's really cool that uh that it's it's come from this very organic place and it it didn't actually start as a record label it started off and how it kind of built was through the facebook platform on tiny website yeah and uh yeah, and, and it's just really all the creative from. stuff because, like, yeah. if you look
2: at it, it's, it. you maybe wouldn't know there's like a whole lot of music stuff. It's all this just cr- creativity. Right. Yeah. It's just that's why I said it.
3: publishing company because yeah. they, they, and that's how they also kind of started. It might have been a little more right. narrowed down and smaller, but they've always just been like a pusher of culture and art in the consciousness um, world, pretty much. Yeah.
2: How did, how did y'all get in?
3: Um, in we met uh, Matt Humble um, oh. through something fiction, and we had heard of them. Um, You know, when they're pushing out Botany, one of their first uh, big EPs, which they did super well. They were a huge uh, uh, example for a lot of bands then for how they pushed that. Because no one, they came out of nowhere. No one really heard of them in San Antonio. And then, boom, they released this and they got on radio stations and it did really well. And that's how we heard of him, and then we ended up playing a show with him at Fitzgerald's. We booked it. Um, we booked it, it, it and we booked like, him. The yeah. Yeah, that and booked. Uh, that's how we met him. We talked to him, and then from there, I don't know exactly when did we lock it down on the record label. It was a collective first. It was just like a soft, like, hey, we're doing a music sure. collective. Come on. And then he merged into a full-blown um, record label. But once we met him, it was just like, dude, this guy knows what he's doing. He's really ambitious, smart, very chill down to earth, and... Uh, he sees things out of the box, just like those people, like junkie and those people, like Booty Feet. Like he just is not making excuses. He's building something for himself, mm-hmm. and he saw us and saw value in us, and we became good friends. And mm-hmm. now we're we're doing it. And they're like they start when we met him back then. It was like ninety thousand likes on Facebook or eighty, maybe less. And now it's like about to be five hundred thousand likes, and yeah. like it's just like crazy, like. And they're doing a lot. They're making a lot more multimedia content for the artists themselves. Mm -hmm. We had an anniversary uh, for our Bear Hugs album. We didn't even remember it was the anniversary. (laughs) They did. And they made this little moving gif and, like, celebrated our birthday with it. And they got out to their whole, you know, know, Facebook platform of 500,000 people. So it's, like, it's a nice thing. And it's all just organic and slow-moving and just, like, personable. And, you know, it's not... um, it's not like Atlantic Records. Or Super forward like right. thinking. I mean, it's, it's described first.
0: as the a net label. So the the idea is that everything is is done through social media promotion mm-hmm. and under that umbrella of uh, of different uh, networks that we have. Yeah, access Yeah, I mean that's
2: that's where yeah. everybody's attention is right yes. now on yeah. social media. Pretty much fifty percent of everybody doing something on yep. the internet is on the social media. So like that's totally. It makes sense. Go. And I think yeah. that's part of the forward thinking. Yeah, definitely, of uh, yeah, it's that's like, what I meant was like, yeah. that's where people are. So, yes, I mean, yes. of course, that's where they're going to do it's it. It's cool because yeah. I hear
0: so much talk, uh, just on different podcasts. I listen to, you know, Joe Rogan interviews mm-hmm. different musicians and he just had the guy on from Smashing Pumpkins. Nice. And, uh, it's just interesting to hear what the old school industry was really like from the inside from a, uh, one of the biggest Bizarre. 90s bands and, yeah. uh, just the, the idea, right, that like they're a net label and they're pushing that idea of like we're internet based and social media based and more about distribution through Bandcamp and SoundCloud and these online platforms, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, that, uh, it just, like you said, it just makes sense for what's happening and you see the digression of old school record labels and, mm-hmm. and, and different agencies that are having to, adopt these new ways and yeah it's really cool man we so we teamed up with time will for this odyssey event happening friday mm-hmm. and uh it's been really cool kind of getting pulled onto to the time will uh team mm-hmm. beyond just musicians so like for me my rise morph promotions my alias kind of company that, sure. that does aim fest and liquid sunshine experience and helps with jungle boogie um mm-hmm. got to basically uh take on like head of promotions at time will and the majority of the time these last like six months has been going to like making sure everything's covered with the uh headliner artist all the liaison work between the venue and the agency who represents uh mind design and uh it's just a really cool position to be in to like have that responsibility and be able to kind of be a part of this like organic but growing uh network of just, like, musicians here locally that are really helping each other, and I just really love every, you know, new artist that we add, and I think we're up to, like, five or six artists nice. out of state, um, wow. mm-hmm. and, yeah, he's just, the main thing is, like, we've, since that one show, like, we've just always stayed in contact and always played shows together, and he's, you know, Time Wheel sponsored Aimfest since 2015, since 2015, and, like, uh, and now we're teamed up, directly on this uh, odyssey event so we're hoping yeah. to keep it an annual thing and mm-hmm. you know it'll it'll keep growing and it's just really fun like they've helped us out a lot they're pressing our t-shirts this week we have new t-shirts awesome. coming out yeah yes yeah, so that's they're actually cool. yeah we'll see hopefully we'll start pressing records there actually pretty soon yeah we'll see. That's, that's their that's
3: plan a, they're they're really cool with this like their thought on how to go forward and it's just great it's really exciting just to be with those people, and it's all just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You networked, you built our own stuff, do your own shows, mm-hmm. be nice to people, and and put yourself out there, and you you, you will end up meeting people who are fucking awesome. And yeah, you just got to sure. realize when you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So so what's next? Ooh, going in twenty eighteen, baby twenty eighteen. The last month, uh, twenty seventeen. What what are your where's uh, Versamillitude plans? Uh, anything? Any ideas that you're, you y'all are? Speaking of, uh,
3: we're breaking up.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> right That's
3: right. At right. yeah. the That's new years, we're okay. done 11 or 10 us. years or 11 years. Yeah. yeah. No. Um,
1: we're writing uh, yeah. music for a new album in 2018. Well, we're trying to go, you know, full length. Um, but we're currently working on that, uh, as well as a tour in March. Um, we're trying to get out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to um, do it. It's going to be awesome. In December. We have a couple of out of town shows. I think we're playing in Houston and Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty much all I can think of right
3: now. um, Just tour next year and more music and uh, just continuing to do what we've been doing with figuring out the next level of uh, the business side and really pushing ourselves out to more publications and... More big tours and it, It's stuff that, like that whole
2: pushing yourself, but being patient still. Sort yeah. Of right. thing, oh, it's yeah. Like yeah. Weird. Oh, it's hard work. Yeah. It's not, yeah. if you're trying to make money and, and, and
3: get patience. successful in a monetary way or in that kind of way, get to the top of a business is not the business to do it the most efficiently. It's, it, it takes, sure. yeah. It takes time. I mean, time.
0: that's literally a topic we talked about on two different occasions. Yeah. One at, at Time Will meeting for Odyssey today towards the end, Matt, and, and everyone, Matt kind of brought it up, but it was just kind of like, you know, we, we see this slow evolution we see, you know, everything from like, you know, the ticket sales, like how they're rolling in from like previous shows and this festival. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing like what we're talking about progression of like Facebook likes and just everything and talking about going from a tour van to maybe a, a, maybe a tour bus. And just like these strides that we want to take and looking into the future and just realizing like how long we've been doing it and how much we're actually invested in it. And I think for anybody like, you know, we hit, 11 years this this october for v 2 which you know that that feels like a long time it sounds like a long time and really for us is really only the beginning especially just based on like who where we are now and i yeah. think a lot of people really getting out of college and and like coming of age like this this 18 to 24 25 age early 20s it's like you really any endeavor you're gonna do like you know you gotta you gotta you gotta think ten years at least. Like at least like get sure. ten years under your belt and don't expect anything until then, you know, eight, ten years and then it's like you know, then then have real expectation then start realizing like if you haven't made it by then if you haven't see see how you can make it and it's not clicking then you know and and, and it all makes sense at that point but yeah. the point is like you have to gear up for a 10-year investment in any yeah. idea if you want dude, it to be um, somewhat successful
3: that was like. one of the big things i mean it actually helped and stuck in our heads floppy Minas, actually um, oh, yeah. amazing dude <laughs> uh, we right. played a weird show i must have been 12 like it was still when I was singing eleven. Like it was like uh-huh. a year or two after we really started. and I was we still singing, and we had Cody Stubblefield still doing rhythm guitar, and AJ in the band. And we played at uh, uh, Red McCombs Toyota dealership because my <laughs> mom was so dating weird. my mom was dating a guy who uh, sold cars from there. I actually, married him, like our stepdad yeah. at the time. <laughs> and he like flocking minutes was coming town. Red okay. McCombs put down money to do like this event, but it was like weird. Like they did not do good. They did not do a good job no with the staging pro- the, the, no, the production the we promotion like out
1: of like a random dude, hole in the wall
3: literally it was a garage door that was open for loading that was small wasn't even a big thing and we played on that and it opened up for Flauco Jimenez and it was a bizarre because no one was really there and uh yeah That's but what like was crazy. awesome Whoa. the moment
1: yeah. Look at little Zach,
3: your little oh, babies. His ties, yeah. our like, ties. Mom dressed us. Our mom well, I dressed day. us. I refused.
1: I remember. I refused to wear the shirt that your mom had, and she was genuinely upset with me. Yeah.
2: Well, that's a good picture,
0: dude. Yeah. It was just what were you gonna say? Flacco told you something. So right?
2: yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Well, we all got
0: to go back. Uh, like right
2: before <laughs> we, were we stage yeah, of right
0: before we
3: played. It wasn't behind stage. It was in uh, the office building upstairs. <laughs> in Red McCombs and. Mom was like, hey, he said we could go meet him, or you guys could go meet him. So we go out there and meet him, and he's talking to us. He me- shakes our hand. We're all like, what the fuck? We don't know who this is, yeah. like, really. We didn't know, like, who Flock Jimenez was. Yeah. We just knew that our mom was like, he's Grammy. Grammys. He's a big deal. This is a huge thing. And yeah. so we we're like, okay, cool. And we met him, and he talked to us for a little bit, and he just looked at us. like, the only piece of advice that matters, because you guys are great. Like, he, I guess, I think it was after we played, actually. He's like, you guys will be fine. Just stay together figure out how to not quit don't that's the only thing that matters and that's hmm. what is that's why every everybody quits and then they don't get to the uh, to the end of the road and then they discourage other people from doing it just don't quit and that really just having flaco Jimenez look at that's my little 10 year old yeah 11 yeah, year old face and say that as like an old like man like you know and the the more the years have gone on the more that memory has become like uh Valuable and like understood because when it was first said, it was just like I'm like loving. I like okay. Like, okay. Did you see my time. Yeah, like, oh, we're at yeah. Right like, I was, like I was like, was like who the, the fuck is this anyway? And then like yeah. as the years go on, it's just like, jeez that was a huge thing and like that's really what i go back to every time is like that's it like just staying together and making sure we're doing the things that allow us to stay together because it doesn't just happen you have to act accordingly and you have to make it
0: you have to happen. want it you have to want it yeah and that has been it. what you have to put in at happened. least 10 years you have to meet flaco no <laughs> you no know, you don't i was have gonna to. say <laughs> it <in>. it <laughs> was so weird Flacco's if you don't meet flaco <laughs> you're not gonna happen. make it these days wow. yeah. so we real quick we literally saw him and uh, you know Maybe a lot of people already know this, but like he has his own accordion brand. Sure. And so, like, you know, I didn't even know. We we're in the valley at this uh, guitar center getting some picks, and we go into this room. It's just accordions. And uh, yeah, you know, he wall. has a whole wall of his face on these accordions, and it's just like, it's like, it's Back iconic, to the beginning, yeah. yeah. That
3: all brings it all the way. Yeah. It's great. Dude, I picked up one of his accordions and played it, and it, it blew my mind. I really want to play accordion now. Like it's, it's so interesting, unbelievable, it's so crazy. It's awesome. dude. The way yeah. it feels because it's so it's much. Neat. The bass notes good. on it, and how the each each note is different when you br- pull it in, yeah, towards yeah. When you pull it out, and the when it's, uh, the, uh, it's just insane. <laughs> I remember just <laughs> what, being, what so, so that's gonna be the <laughs> next.
2: Uh... That's going to be the next instrument that y'all uh, try out for verisimilacy. Yes, and we're yes, bringing yes, back the flute. Felisa's
0: going to play flute, yeah. Zach on accordion. Yeah. Awesome. Ron
1: Burgundy, jazz no, flute.
0: I'll, Jasmine, I'll right. sing. I'm just kidding. I'm the worst <laughs> well, in the band at that. So. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. <laughs> well, and thanks I appreciate
1: for having, you having
3: us. You, uh, dude, thank you so dude, much for this having was, us. Uh, this was great.
0: This was, uh, this was uh, one of the best podcasts. I love it. I love Aww, the setup, thanks. and yeah, we love you.
2: Yeah, I really do Aww. like the setup a lot. Yeah,
0: this room is great. You got the mic arms. You got the desk.
3: You look professional. We're
2: that's it. That's our show. Hopefully you liked it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Verisimilitude for being on the show. Again, if you like us, if you like local music, if you like what we're doing at all, just go ahead and subscribe. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, pretty much any podcatcher, anywhere you get podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell your friends what we're doing. Have them submit music if they want to be on the show as well. Texas Music Podcast at gmail.com. All that stuff's going to be in the description of the podcast. And we like to thank our sponsor. Once again, Espressivo Coffee. If you mention Texas Music Spotlight, when you go, you will get 20% off your order. It's that easy. Just say you heard it on a podcast, heard that they're giving away some some percents off 20% to be exact off of their order, coffee, whatever you get. Just mention the Texas Music Spotlight. That easy. It's on it's in Southtown. Street, Go check it out. Es Coffee. All of their information is going to be in the description of this podcast. So we're going to leave you off with a full song by Verisimilitude. This is one that they play at the end of the show a whole lot of times and they get a lot of people going. They get the crowd going and they even said it. It's kind of what they're known for now a little bit, but it's a really fantastic song. And it's off their album, Bear Hugs. Go check them out. Go find them on Bandcamp. Go to a show. Go like them on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff in the description of this podcast. Again, go check them out. Fantastic people. Fantastic group. If you want to follow anything that I'm doing, Jules the Human, J U L E S, the Human, on pretty much any social media, Snapchat, Instagram, all that stuff, JulesTheHuman.com, where you can hear my other podcasts, all that other stuff. Go check me out if you want. But without further ado, this is Nova by Verisimilitude. Thank you guys and have a good night.
1: spotlight podcast be sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website texasmusicspotlight.com to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings until next time please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown